Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. episode four and last week I got to share a little bit from the garden keys because I know Jenna you were on like a mini sabbatical totally understandable (laughs) this week you guys we're going to talk about not only angels but destiny singing and the significance of worship now I want to start out um, and this is a key of restoration. So I've kind of been working through, um, my second book talks about obviously different keys of restoration. And, uh, this one, um, is actually about honor. And we're also going to talk about singing and worship, but let's start here. Cause this is, this is, this is going to make sense. Right. So, you know, when we talk about angels, um, First off, you know, I think there can be some kind of funny ideas around, around the angelic, uh, but the truth is, is that divine angelic assistance can help us. And this is scriptural. So if you look in Hebrews 1.14, right, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? So listeners, say it with me. I am inheriting salvation. I have angelic assistance. So the assistance of angels will help us move along the course of our destiny and into our inheritance. That's a fact. So to see destiny come to fullness, assistance is necessary. And how awesome it we get, we get the help of angels. Not only do we get the help of the Holy spirit, but we also get the help of angels. Now, just a quick story and Jenna, I'm going to hand it off to you. Uh, I think this was like maybe 2000, I don't even know, 17, 18, something like that. Crazy events, uh, ended up hiking up, um, in Northern Minnesota on Eagle mountain, which is a high point in Minnesota. And, uh, it, it got dark. We actually started hiking down the mountain in the dark. And I remember experiencing the presence of a large, I mean, very, very, very large angel that was helping us get back to the car. And, um, Cause we had hiked too late in the day for anyone else to be on the trail on our way back. There were large footprints blazed like in the trail, in the snow. And of course I didn't silence my thing. Okay, guys, we're, we're learning and growing here in podcast world. That's the reality. Um, so I saw footprints in the snow and I'm not kidding to this day. I believe that, that there were angels that helped us get back to the car. Okay. So there's, there's so much more in the story. I wrote this, um, story that I had about encountering angels in, uh, my second book. And again, have been kind of going through that, but, um, you know, angels are never to be worshiped right in revelation 1910, the apostle John is told by an angel not to fall at his feet. So let's get that straight, but angels do assist heirs of salvation. So you and I to carry out God's commands. 
Now, this is a quote, and and then I'm going to hand it off to Jenna. This is a quote from Dr. Tim Sheets, who wrote an incredible book on um, angels, angel armies. So in Judges 6, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. For seven straight years, the Midianites raided the people of God and stole their harvests. Um, They were greatly impoverished because of it, but it was time to stop the raiding and the lost harvests. It was also time to shift into gathering harvests, and clearly an angel assisted in that specific assignment. The angel was instrumental in shifting Gideon from a passive, um, intimidated, and desolate uh, existence into a mighty leader of great valor. Remember, God said, like, oh, man of great valor who with supernatural help took 300 men and killed 15,000 Midianite warriors. So Gideon, a remnant and angels brought by the harvest. So I I'm, I'm excited. I know that you're um, you've been having impressions of a revelation of angels. And I was so excited when I saw that. Cause like, again, I've been kind of going back through my book and I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, like we're going to, we're going to be talking about angels, angels assisted destiny. So what's going on with you, Jenna? Well, I'm just like about to just jump out of my chair. Cause I'm so excited because this is something that the Lord has been talking to me about. And it, like you said, I've had this impression that this is the season, you know, cause the Lord reveals himself by his different names and God brings us through experience. Like we get to experience God. We get to experience who he is and his different names. And it's funny because this morning I woke up early, went out to my gym and in my gym, I have this wall that I took a, a Sharpie to. It's not necessarily pretty, but it's my favorite room in the house because I write all of these things that the Lord's speaking to me about on there. Um, You know, when I was discovering my identity, I would write my identity on there. So it's just this wall of remembrance for me. And I really love it. But this morning, I literally took my finger and I went to this part that said ministering angels are among us. And I drew a circle around it with my finger this morning. And because I just heard this message on angels um, on Sunday, and it just really got me excited that like God is speaking and God is, is showing. And God, I believe wants us to be aware of these angelic hosts of these angels that are here to help us, help us with provision, help us, like you said, fulfill our destiny, help us um, make connections, you know, with different people, all of these different things. And I have so many different stories that I could bring up. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about the time, you know, that there was a ministering angel next to my bed that commissioned me to start speaking um, uh, about the, the trauma and the healing from abortion. Um, but there was this other time um, where I just was, I, my life was like drenched in prayer. Um, I was getting up and I was spending hours in prayer every single morning. And I didn't really know like what was going, like looking back now, like I can see what was going on, but like in that time frame, I didn't really know. But I remember one day, like I'm on my knees on the floor in my gym and I come up And I like, kind of like look around and I was like, oh my gosh, there's angels like in my garage. And I was like, I I just kind of stood there and I froze. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do. Right. But it was like this, this awareness that there were angels and, and I felt the Holy spirit say commission them. And I was like, what? 
I can tell angels what, what? Like, I, and I had no biblical reference for this. Like I had never heard this. And I was like, I don't even know if this is right. And so I was like, I remember I commissioned him and I remember I like, I did a twirl and like my arm, like went around like this. And I just like did this. And I was like, dude, I'm losing it. Like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Um, but would you have me know it? Then there was these counters after that where like, um, it, like the, the angelic presence began to just increase and increase. And I remember one time I was like, it was like another, this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, time. And it was almost like in the spirit, I heard this like flutter and it was like, there were hundreds of angels like packed into my garage. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> like, what's up? Like, you know, but it was like these moments of like, you know, and, and they began to increase. And that was one of the messages that I heard this morning about how there are just like angels of armies that God can send on your behalf. And it just clicked with me because I remember going through this season and it was like, they began to multiply like around our, our home and increase in number and in size. And I just am like, I want to go back to that season. I want to re-enter into that season of just being aware of this help and these angelic hosts that are here mm-hmm. to help guide us. And just like you said, lead us into our destiny. In Hebrews 11, where it's talking about like all the champions of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Faith sparked courage within them. And then they became mighty warriors in battle pulling armies from another realm into battle array. And that's been one of my prayer points lately has just been, Lord, I want your, 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 your armies on earth and the armies of heaven to collide and work together to bring about your purpose, to bring about people's destinies. And so I love, I love that. And that's in Hebrew Hebrews 11. And then right after it says faith filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Mm. So activate your faith to believe for the unseen things. Uh, well, while in Israel in 2015, um, it was one of the most just like incredible, um, moments of worship. So it was a group of us singing. So there were no instruments. It was just voices, right? I began to sense the presence of a, a very large angel. And I, so I started drawing and sketching like in my journal and just started drawing, uh, just ended up being like, yellow as the light, but like just angel wings, like large angel wings. Um, as I drew what I was seeing, I wrote out the words revelation 22. Um, and then others, there was others in the room right there that started making a remark of a large angel being present in the room. And I just had like pictures flashing in my mind of water flowing through the streets in Jerusalem. Right. And that's so, um, just a part of the ending, the book of of revelation, which is another beginning. But, um, again, I just want to speak this out. So listeners, you have an angel, um, maybe even two or more that are assigned to you, to your life. And if you're like, okay, what do I do with this? Again, I want to encourage, pick up the book, um, angel armies by Dr. Tim sheets. He actually has in the back different ways that you can commission angels, just like Jenna was talking about that. You can commission angels in your life, in your sphere, in your influence, in your city. Um, Right. And, and again, there's, you know, I think really good biblical parameters around this that we want to highlight, um, you know, but again, Hebrews 114 um, says, are they not all ministering spirits, ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. 
So we were not meant to do life alone. Um, in my time of independence, so being away from God, you know, do, trying to do my own life, um, which didn't work out, you know, um, drug addiction, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, especially when using drugs, there were times when the demonic would rage, right? Like there is a very real spiritual realm. We have first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. That's a teaching of its own second heaven. There's really angels and demons and, um, demonic, you know, forces are fallen angels. Um, and, and these evil spirits will be taken down with Lucifer. We know that that's what the scriptures say. Um, and, and they attempt to elevate, um, you know, as Satan tried to elevate himself, but just as those fallen angels go out on assignment, there are angels on assignment from Christ, who is the head over every power and authority that says from Colossians, um, 118 and 210. So again, angels are never to be worshiped. Um, but I love that story, Jenna, about the commissioning, we can commission angels and there is assistance there. And I, I just love this conversation. There's so many stories. So we were going to talk about angels, but then we're also going to talk about um, the significance of, of singing and dance as a part of worship. Um, I have to say <laughs> this last weekend, I, I've never seen you dance before. I saw you dance with freedom. I think for the first, it was the most free I've ever seen you. You were um, it was right before events started. It was, it was during the time of prayer. And um, I, I just, I literally saw you dancing and it made my heart so happy because I just saw you free. Not that you've ever been captive, but there was <laughs> something so beautiful, right? Well, I have a lot of practice us. because, you know, every Sunday at church and at prayer, that's what we do. And I have like one of those Apple watches and it tells me you're crushing it because my heart rate gets so up and it's like, it's just, it's really funny, but I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about this because, you know, in my own personal journey, I was, I was in bondage. Cause I remember the first time the Lord told me like, Jenna, do a twirl. And I was like, what? I was like, I remember I was on the bike trail and like there, I like waited till I got to all these trees and then I finally did it. But there was something about movement and, um, and, and the healing that it brings to your body and how you can worship God with your, your, your body and your spirit and your soul and everything in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a word right there. That's so true. Dancing and singing is so important for restorative care. And I was actually just putting together just some notes for a a presentation and and it's actually on best care practices for um, women who've experienced trauma from exploitation or, or sexual abuse. And, and those who have been violated in that way, it is just that it is a violation of the body. And so, you know, one of the, um, I think most beautiful ways to really step into restoration other than giving your heart to Jesus and walking with Jesus. Um, but it is the expression of the joy that comes from walking with Jesus. And that is worship and to be able to move. And I, I, I love that example you gave. I remember having those moments like in church where I wanted to dance. I started to feel the music, like the worship and I wanted to dance. And there's a freedom that came with that when I finally did. And, you know, I had my worship flags this weekend. I never did bring them out. Um, I had brought my worship flags, but I love spending time alone with the Lord 
um, sometimes Hadassah and I, we will just turn on the worship music and she's got like this little flag and I've got my worship flag, but dancing like that brings, um, just depths of healing every cell, right? Because we were created to worship. And what did Miriam do? I think we've talked about this when Miriam, who was a part of the Israelites, when they were in captivity and the Lord led them out, Moses, you know, had them cross the, the Red Sea, the first mention of dance. Um, was when Miriam danced with her tambourines, you know, and she was doing that as just a celebration of coming out of oppressive circumstances, right? So, I mean, dancing is like... It was a response. And that's what, what dance and song is to me. It's a response to like what God like has done. It's a response. And so whenever I think of that story with Miriam, it was like her response, like, praise God, like he parted the sea. We made it through the sea crashed down on our enemies. And it was like just this joyous response. Mm, so good. And another response then is singing. And um, singing is like, it can actually change the uh, how do I want to say this? The synopsis or the, the, um, your brain, I'll just say it simple. I'll simplify this singing can actually change your, your brain. Um, so the amygdala, it's a, a part of your brain and you guys forgive me. I'm, I am, uh, <laughs> this is my, my terminology is lacking here. So bear with me, but your amygdala, um, which is a very small, like almond shaped massive cells, uh, located deep within the temporal lobes of your brain. Um, it's a part of your limbic system. So it's involved in your emotions, your motivations, um, particular, particularly those related to survival. Okay. So for example, the, like the processing of fear, if you're experiencing fear or anger or pleasure, that's all a part of the amygdala. Now the amygdala is also responsible for determining memories And um, what else here? So a whole bunch of stuff, right? Now, I heard this teaching for the first time at an Exodus Cry Summit by Dr. Dan Allender, um, who hopefully one day will be a guest on our podcast. I've been, you know, trying to trying to track him down, busy man. But um, he describes the relationship between singing and the amygdala. Now, check this out. So I'm going to share this and hand it back to you, Jenna. This is so good. This is what he says. He says, we need to understand that when you've been traumatized, your brain changes a portion of your limbic system called the hippocampus shrinks somewhere up to eight to 12%. And that part of our brain regulates emotions. So there is a portion of your brain affected by trauma called the amygdala. And it's an interplay between the amygdala and the hippocampus and the amygdala. So here's an example. The amygdala is constantly looking for danger and warning the brain that there is trouble. And the hippocampus is actually saying, no, you're okay. These are just wires. Um, All the while you thought they were snakes, right? You see the, the difference there? So the hippocampus shrinks as a result of trauma. And um, Dr. Allender says, thank goodness that the hippocampus can grow to the degree we begin to tell our stories in a way in which we can regulate our own body's struggle. Now, here's the, the, the sweet piece of news. When you sing and you hear music or, or especially beautiful music, let's like, cause there's a difference here, right? When you sing and you, you um, hear beautiful music, your brain changes, your amygdala dances. 
Your brain changes when you sing, when you hear music, when you worship, when you have a chance to be in the presence of beauty, your body literally begins to change. So you're actually changing cells. I mean, like that is just incredible. Like God made our bodies so amazing. Um, Now, listeners, last little thing here. If you are involved in addressing victims of sexual abuse, they need movement. They actually need to dance. They need to um, just have their bodies returned to them by an acknowledgement that they are bones and sinews. Uh, so they, they, they have to dance. And that's one of my favorite things, working with women who've come out of exploitation or trafficking. We have an actual best care practices uh, workshop on dancing. And then of course, Anna has her workshop on painting. So the arts is so important. God's a creator, right? He created all things. He's uncreated, always been, and he created us to worship him. And that's where we're going to feel most alive and well is worshiping him. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I can remember, um, so I just want to speak to people who like, maybe you don't have the most beautiful voice, but that's okay. Cause it's really not about that because, um, you know, I, I've always loved to sing. I've always wished that I had a very beautiful voice. Um, but when I came into relationship with the Lord, I would throw my headphones on. That's a key for me. Cause then you can't hear yourself. So you're just hearing the music, but you can sing at the top of your lungs. And so maybe not pleasant for the rest of the people in your home, but it's good for you. Um, but I, I remember one morning I was out and I was singing and worshiping and the Holy spirit told me you singing is literally bringing healing to your body. And I remember thinking, really, you know, like really. And so I love what you're sharing because, um, that's what the Lord told me that, that singing brings health and healing, um, to your body and worshiping God brings health and healing, um, to your body. And, you know, this past weekend, you and I were both in the same place and you were next to me and and Becca Shea, you know, was singing. And there was this moment where all of a sudden I just had these tears like come down my face because, when she was ministering through worship and, and, and then singing, it was like, there was such a beauty there. There was like, she just released such a beautiful sound. And it was like what you were talking about. It was like the most beautiful sound, like, you know, and mm-hmm. I just felt such a shift. I like found her afterwards and just ran up to her and hugged her. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> You're so amazing. You know, when people are walking in the gifts yeah. that God's given them and they're releasing into the earth, what God has destined for them to release, there is nothing more beautiful. Nothing. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about singing Deborah. So this is very fitting singing Deborah. So Deborah was a prophet. In scripture, she's a prophet. She's a female, by the way. Hey, hey, she's a female. She's a prophet. She's a judge. She's a counselor. She's a warrior. She was a wife, according to Judges 4 and 5. Now, Deborah did more than prophesy. She roused the nation from its lethargy and despair. And singing will do that. Like when I was hearing, you know, Becca as well, my soul, my spirit responded like, Mm -hmm. awake, awake, right? Deborah did more than prophesy. She roused the nation from its lethargy and despair. And we need that right now in our nation. We need that. We need a church to arise. So hers was a fearless and unsolicited devotion to the freedom of God's people. 
empowered by God, by Holy Spirit, she caused, well, by God, she caused awakening that empowered the people to free themselves from their wretched captivity. Deborah sang and shouted, awake, awake. And we too, as believers, must sing, awake, awake, or sing, right? And worship to rouse ourselves and the daughter's and the sons to morality and justice and love. Now there is a war cry sound that is erupting. I believe we've talked about this before a war cry sound is erupting from the wounds of many women, especially in this season. when we're talking about when it comes to the matters of life and protecting the womb and protecting children, there is a war cry sound that is erupting from the womb of many women. Right. There's many daughters and sons, sons and daughters who are being awakened to God's love in this time. Right. And so let us be those who respond in worship, in singing and know that we have angels who will assist in our destiny. And I'm not going to go into a teaching on Sukkot. Some of you may have um, some understanding of the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. Right. But check this out. He says, when the seven days of Sukkot end. The Bible decrees yet another holiday, the eighth day of assembly. The rabbis interpreted this as an encore. After the high holy days, after the intense seven days of Sukkot and pilgrimage, the Jewish people, or more accurately, God's people, are about to leave to scatter and return to their homes. So here, check this out. Think about this as time as time moves on and Jesus is to come. God grows nostalgic as it were. And pensive, the people of Israel will not come together again in such numbers until Passover six months hence. God will soon miss the sound of music and pleasure and the unity of the people. God longs for this too. And we are created to long for this, to be together, to, you know, to unify, to worship God in song and in dance. So God longs for the eighth day, a time when there's unity with his bride as it was in the garden. So there really is a process of moving into the eighth day and it's actually moving into awakening. And I just, you know, I believe that's what we're in. I believe in this nation, it's time, right? Revival, awakening. I love the word awakening or revival, whatever you want to call it. It's time to move into this awakening. Psalm 146, our true help. Um, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My innermost being will praise you, Lord. I will spend my life praising you and singing high praises to you, my God, every day of my life. We can never look to men for help, no matter who they are. They can't save us, for even our great leaders fail and fall. They too are just mortals who will one day die. And death, at death, the spirits of all depart and their bodies return to dust. In the day of their death, all their projects and plans are over, but those who have hope in the Lord will be happy and pleased. Our help comes from the God of Jacob. You keep all your promises. You are the creator of heaven's glory, earth's grandeur, and the ocean's greatness. Um, it's, and it just goes on, but it's I love that. Like My, my innermost being um, will praise you, Lord, all the days of our life. 